today I've got Ashley Jones from Charge CrossFit down in Melbourne on the show again. So a few episodes ago, Ash and I had a great conversation around his career switch into creating and running his own business, which is Charge CrossFit. It's a behemoth of a gym down in Melbourne. Really great facility, now sitting in around 200 on members. Really great community. So go back and check that episode out if you're interested in that. It's really cool. Talk a lot about mindset and how he went about that career switch. But today we speak about this idea of mentoring. So coaching, mentoring, having mentors, being a mentor, all of this really cool stuff. And when I started this podcast, one of my intentions was to create more discussion around this idea of coaching, around mentoring. It's been a big part of my life for the last 10 years, and it's had a really huge impact. And I just feel that we can have this discussion a little bit more liberally and get it out there in the open because whether it's a formal or informal arrangement, mentoring, coaching, whichever one it may be, it can be a really, really powerful tool, I believe, and a life-changing experience for both sides on that engagement. So without further ado, I'm going to kick this one off and we start off with a little bit of context around how this podcast came to be. Hope you enjoy it. If you can think of anyone else who may enjoy this one on mentoring, feel free to send it along. That's always the most helpful thing that you can do you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast, and this is John Marsh. So welcome back, Ash. Really good to have you on. Um, Funny story for those listening Ash and I teed up this episode for a while. Ash was on a previous podcast here and it was really good. Uh, Went into his story, went into the charge way a little bit. It was really cool. So if you haven't listened to that, jump back on and and have a look. It was a few episodes ago. But we teed up this episode and about two or three weeks ago, locked in the diary. And I'm getting excited because I'm one of the things that I'm working on is really increasing the amount of content that I can put out and the amount of value uh, without really, you know, sort of on the distribution side. So recording. So I'm all excited. I think I'm going to get on to Ash's podcast uh, for the charge gym. <laughs> so I go and get this new microphone and I'm all ready to go. Cameras all set up. And then last night I texted him. I said, so just to clarify, we're doing the charge uh, podcast, right? And then, Ash replies, he's like, no, no, we're doing yours. I'm like, okay, cool. So anyway, (laughs) kind of funny story. The tables got turned and I think it's going to be really cool because today we're going to talk about, uh, among other things, this concept of of mentoring. Um, So I, I think rather than do a big intro because we have a part one with you, Ash, why don't we just kick it off? Like, I mean, one of the questions that I have straight coming to mind with this is um, we talked last time about this concept of uh, the pillars at charge that are up on the wall. So run me through them again. Transcenders, 
evolve and transcend the last two we start off with adapt so it's challenge yeah then persist adapt transcend yeah so one of the things that i kind of think about is if i'm going at something alone because i thought about mentors and i'm thinking well the other thing is to just do it alone right it's always open to people You, you don't need anyone you can go out and just do what you want by yourself and and you'll get somewhere right um but it's going to look different so i guess the first question is when someone comes to charge which is built around coaching excellent coaching community these other um, aspects and of course big part of that is is mentoring these people mentored most likely from each other but also of course from you guys and the staff What's the biggest thing you notice like when people are coming at this from having done this sort of stuff alone? What are the challenges that we face if you're just going at something alone? Well, I think one of the challenges mainly is you only know what you know. And um, most people who have been training on their own, not everyone, I often see that it's, um, the training has been very one-sided. It's essentially been comprised of things that they really like to do. And they've been skipping the things that I see as very valuable, like the opposite things, things that really challenge them. So they come in and they come in mainly because they're not actually hitting the goals that they want and they're not sure why. So would you say that it's kind of like a, there's a friction that brings them in. There's a, there's a, there's a discomfort sort of thing that brings them in. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, People want to be very efficient with their time. Maybe they've heard about other things and they're not enjoying their training as much as they used to. Um, maybe they've come to the peak of their, their knowledge. But um, obviously some people can do that on their own and they're totally fine and they're succeeding in every way. It depends on the person. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, I, I, I guess the, the response or the, I guess the reaction to that is... Um, can they really like, can, can you really, can you really do it on? Like I, I'm just thinking in athletics, for example, which isn't a great analogy for everything, but Olympians, world champions, I don't know many personally. I know one world champion personally, and he, he, he had a ton of mentors mm. uh, and it was a solo sport, but I, I, I kind of wonder, can we get there on our own is even if it is on our own, are we still standing on the shoulders of others? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe talk a little bit about that. What, what do you think? Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. I think actually my answer to you before was a little bit of a, like a politician's answer, actually, like just being a bit general where I actually don't think you can easily do it on your own. I agree with what you're saying. Like we can um, fight on our own, but we just, so yeah. we, can, we can try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, this is through my own experience. This is through other people. It doesn't mean you can't do anything on your own, but there's you only know what you know, like I said earlier, and there's so much to learn. Do you have the time to look into it? Like, what are you doing outside of this? Like, do you have the time to put in to understand all aspects of what you're doing? And then also, can you ensure that you're not being blind to yourself? Because mm. often it's, it's hard to see what's missing when it's yourself. 
Mm. I kind of um, describe it as like the fish in the fish bowl can't see its own water. Or you can't read the outside of the label when you're inside the jar. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Complete sense. What is, what is mentoring? So we're going to talk about mentoring. Mentoring's big for me in terms of what I kind of do now or, or even mm. the last while, even at, at the last business. But it's also been really big for me on the receiving end. Um, when you mentioned the subject, I kind of sat there and I thought, and I, I racked up probably a dozen different kind of mentors, so to speak, that I could think of just the top of my head, uh, yeah. you know, in the last 15 years kind of thing in completely different areas. But I want to kind of get clear first, if we can, on um, what does mentoring mean to you? Well, um, in a nutshell, it's, it's helping the individual way in the way that they need to be helped. Um, it's spreading the information, you know, towards that individual. It's like being able to interpret and decipher the information and then present it in a way that's going to really affect that person in the way that they need. Um, what's sort of tricky about this is that you can have mentors that are formal like you've actually like offered, you know, entered into an agreement yeah. and then it can also be informal. Um, or like, for example, uh, what's coming to mind, um, one of my lifelong mentors is my dad for sure. Like he's been able to help me in every aspect to give me advice and everything. And um, I trust him implicitly and I've always asked him whenever times are tough in particular. Um, I don't remember asking him if he was going to be my mentor pretty sure that just happened um, naturally and then I have other mentors that I have entered into agreements um, like the person that we met through um, which is Drew at Alchemy which is a, a business mentorship program um, helped me immensely just having someone to just ask questions um, not be afraid to expose what I didn't know and also, like a mentor is someone that, okay, for me, I search out people that have the time to look, in those, look into those subjects or those things that I know that I don't have the time to look into. Like I can't delve into doing a business university course and run my business full-time at the same time. So I'd find someone else that has done that and then they can give me the information that is most um, valuable to me. So just to clarify that quickly, there's the information exchange or the experience exchange, someone who's developed, because I think, I think we can go a couple of ways here and I might have some differences on this concept of mentoring as well, but yeah, like say, say what, from what you're saying, it's like, if you don't have time in the other area, the mentor can deliver the information or the insights. Now, are you looking to experientially learn and understand those insights or are you looking to plug and play the strategy or tactic from the mentor into your own life? Does that make sense? Like the, the two yeah, that makes ways? complete sense. Do you, do yeah, you look to fully know what you're being taught or is it, is it like the dentist, like they fix your teeth and then you're out of there and you're good to go, just don't eat the sugar, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's... Yeah, I, I believe it's best to actually understand what it is they're teaching you. Um, 
uh, I think a really good mentor won't do all the work for you. Um, you still need to connect some of the dots and they're testing you. They want you to know actually some of my best experiences with like teachers and mentors have been people that wouldn't give me every single kernel of the answer. I'd have to work out part of it myself. Um, cause yeah, with, with the business mentorship, I needed to be able to understand it implicitly as well at the end there. So it needs to be a process. Definitely. Um, they didn't just do the work for us. It was, um, teaching us how to do the work for ourselves. And I think, I think that's super important. Um, how about, see the person that I've actually probably learned the most about being a mentor with is actually my current mentor. Um, his name's Jules Bergemeister and he's, um, he's this amazing individual. He's, um, individual really describes him really well. And I actually see him as look personally, I see him as basically a genius and he's just on a different level. to a lot of people that I meet, um, he coaches so many different people and he only, and he coaches everyone differently, but with his style, but it's different per person. I see a lot of the people I know quite a lot of people that are coached by him and I find it super interesting to see how it changes from person to person. And as everyone is different, so you need to have different approaches and people need to be trained differently. And that's been amazing for me to watch. Um, one of the things that I've really learned from him is that, well, like I just said before, everyone is an individual. So you need to actually get to the kernel of what they need to learn. Mm. So trying to learn how to actually assess what that is. So whether that's teaching someone well, training someone to be able to do a pull-up or a muscle-up or a snatch. Like there's, there's ways of doing this and they're written on the internet. But that doesn't always work for every person. And then anyone could look that up on the internet. So then why are they coming to you? They could have just looked at those steps. Why didn't they work? So you need to look deeper into the actual truth of, of what it is. And that's what I've learned from him. Um, it's been a process. Look, uh, for me, it's been three to four years of, of learning from him. And it's been um, really great. And it's, it's been how to teach me how to do that with the members in my gym mm. in a more effective way. A couple of things come to mind when you say that. <clears throat> I think one of them was the fact that there was the information available anywhere. Yes. And I think it's really important to recognize that we've come through this information drunken state from like, I don't know when, before the phones, right? Before we had the computer in the pocket, it was like, how do you do the thing? And you couldn't really get to the information that quickly. Like I remember in school, you're like flipping through encyclopedias and then you're on like yeah. ROM and you're having to reference everything. Now there's so much that no people don't even bother referencing, right? It's just like, they just mm. grab it. But what it, what it, what it created was this kind of like, it's kind of the state where we have, it's, it's kind of like this toxic search for more information. And so the mentor then becomes kind of from what I'm picking up there, something completely different. It's like, yes, they have the information, but it's the seeing, right? It's like, it comes back. It seems more to be like, what is it in you that you can't see that the mentor is seeing or 
what is go deeper a little bit on this little like you know like whatever that is like the 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 non the non-informative piece what do you get from jules or drew uh, is it motivation like the challenge what is a little bit you know? yeah okay um well actually what i think is very um, powerful for me is I have someone else to hold me accountable. Like that's a very valuable thing. Um, I, I do believe that, look, it's very helpful for everyone to have a mentor. But like if you're a mentor, if you're a coach, I believe you should have a mentor or a coach. Um, who's teaching you? Who are you learning from? Um, do you know everything? You know, most people should answer no. So I, I've learned that I, I need someone else that I can um, ask questions to. I can feel vulnerable around and be okay with that. Um, someone that can just show me the things that I can't see, like you were saying about the goldfish example. That's where I was at. Like, um, how about maybe I can describe where I was at um, before this because I didn't have a mentor before that. Like, like I mentioned, I had um, like my dad and other people definitely helped me, but. But there's, there's different levels of this and there's more, like, as I said, informal and formal me um, mentors are different. And um, a few years ago, so like three and a half years ago, something like that, four years, um, I was injured. I didn't feel very healthy. And um, I just really wasn't following my own advice, like as a coach. And I was finding it hard to follow my own advice. Like I was basically letting myself get really overworked I had a knee injury where it was something like patella tendonitis or whatever you want to call it. But it was just basically sore knee for like two years and I'd try and train through it. Then I'd rest and I'd try and train through it. I'd, then I'd rest and the rest didn't get rid of it. And um, it was just super annoying because I wanted to move my body. Um, but when I did, it hurt. And so that was affecting the rest of my training because after a while, injuries tend to do that. Like it doesn't just become about the knee, it becomes everything. So I knew that I needed to find someone. It was actually Renee, my wife, and we run the Charge CrossFit together. Um, she was actually in the same position but with a shoulder injury. And she actually found Jules for us. I wasn't even fully in a position of really wanting to find anyone. I was a bit jaded about things really. Um, I didn't even know that there were people out there that would be able to help me like this. Um, so we entered into agreement. He started becoming our trainer and just from day one, just, a, he just gave us a little bit of information, just enough, started helping with injuries, started teaching me about rehab. And I, I, I was like, my eyes were open to even different ways of training, um, different angles and aspects of training that I didn't know about before. Um, things that I'd be, I knew would be able to help all my members just by adding little things. It's just basically adding things to what we we're already doing. So at the start there, he firstly helped us with our injuries. Like I, I actually, I know maybe it was a month in, I was actually didn't have knee pain anymore. And I was just following what he gave me and he was holding me accountable to it. And just for me, what's powerful for me is if someone gives me something to do, um, I'll do it. Like they don't even really need to check up on me. I'm doing it. 
Mm. If it says, if he says five days a week, I'm doing it five days a week. Um, so I was doing the work and he'll just continue to give me new work. And then it was, it was just evolving. And, and that was the process. So it started off by finding someone to help me um, heal my knee, heal Renee's shoulder. And then it turned into much more than that. And um, what I love as part of the process, and it's still ongoing. I still meet up with him every two weeks and we talk all the time whenever necessary, really. Um, he's just told me that if you can train someone to rehab their knee, you can train them to do anything using the same, same teaching points, the same mythology. methodology. Um, and I felt that that's been very valuable. Mm. It's interesting, you know, because there's this, a lot of things come to mind with that. The first one I think is because it's not, because it's got more depth than just an information exchange. It's, it seems like it's super important that there's resonance between you guys. Like it doesn't mean mm. that you're going to, or you and the mentor, and I'm not meaning in the sense that you like each other because often that might not be the right thing, right? It might be that, that there might be conflict or there might be something, mm. some points of difference, which is more powerful. But how, how might you know that the person is the right fit knowing that there are a lot of options, right? Like you could have gotten an online knee rehabilitation trainer. Mm. You could have gotten, and, and that could have been great too, right? You could have gone any number of ways. What do you look for when you get mentoring? And perhaps if it's the same thing, when you work, when someone comes in, like how do you know it's the right fit for charge? Like what's that, what's that little bit of resonance or something you're feeling out before you're committed to the agreement, you know? Okay. I reckon a few things come to mind. I look for someone that walks the walk and, and follows their own advice as much as they can. Um, this is a bit silly, but I, I, get, I get calls all the time from people um, wanting to sell me like business coaching. Like I'm going to get you hundred more members. We're going to do Facebook ads. We're going to do all this. I get calls all the time. It's getting annoying. Um, I've said to a couple of people, but I want to say to every one of them, okay, so you're going to teach me how to do ads better and we're going to be able to get more members in the charge CrossFit. Why are you cold calling me to do that? Cause I'm not going to cold call people to do that. So you should actually be able to do an ad that gets me to be part of your business. That's how I believe about it. Like why are you trying a different thing? You just find a list of numbers and you're just going to go for broke. I just can't respect that. I mm. think they've got to, they've got to actually use the same stimulus that they're going to teach me. Um, that's just come to mind just then. But if I'm looking for a mentor, if I was going to find a new mentor, I'd be looking for someone that someone, I reckon to me, someone that I like definitely helps. Mm. I'm not looking really looking for um, a relationship where we, yeah, we clash. Yeah. But I mean, I can see how that can be good for some people and maybe that's sort of part of their personalities. But someone that I get along with, someone that I respect, someone that does what they say 
be something that I, I really respect and that's what I look for. Mm. One of the words that we have in the APA in the program that I run is this concept of impeccability. And it basically means the, the right allocation of energy, like the right, it's doing your best on an ongoing basis. So if that's being on time, that's being on time. If it's doing the work by the date that it's due, it's doing the work by the date that it's due. And it comes from a guy who wrote a book called The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz. It's a really popular book. One of the four agreements is impeccability of speech or of your word. And it sounds like, and we know that when someone's impeccable with their word, it builds personal power. So then eventually they say, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. Get your umbrella. And you're like, okay, shit, it's going to rain because Ash said it's going to rain because you have such impeccability with your word. And it's also nice to work with because like you said, it's like the person's walking the walk. And it sounds like you're sensing whether there's impeccability or some similar kind of attribute with the person you want to work with. Like they're not saying one thing, walking another way or saying they'll be here and then they're not, or there's not a front. There's not an integrity gap in how they're showing up in the world. Is that kind of landing? Is that kind of resonating a little bit? Completely. That makes a hundred percent sense. Cause I think, I, I think about some of the mentors, like you mentioned your dad, for me, my dad, especially the last couple of years, um, I've really embraced as a mentor. And before that there was like three decades of resistance. And one of the reasons that I consciously look to him as a mentor is purely because of impeccability. It's like I've identified him as probably the most impeccable person in a lot of ways. Of course, there's gaps with all of us as humans, but that I'll go back there two, three, four times a year to kind of study impeccability and just, and it will just look like doing work, manual labor with him. Mm. And he'll force impeccability. Like literally every time I turn around, if something's out of place, uh, there's a question raised and it's like, what happened here? <laughs> and it's for 30 years, I was like frustrated and resistant to that. And now all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, this is a really powerful attribute. And he's the, the most, the, the best person to learn. And the more I can go, you know, and, and I kind of get that sense from you too. It's like when I walk into charge, it's like, you guys value that. There's like, do your best consistency, integrity, impeccability. True. Yeah, I do value that. Didn't really think about it in the way that you said. That's really nice. Um, can I ask you a question? For sure. All right. So you mentioned about your dad being a mentor as well. And um, that was super interesting what you said. Who else have been mentors for you? Do you have one right now, a current mentor? Yeah. Um, one right now, the main, the main guy that I mentor, his name's Cole. Yes. He's been... I'll say with me, but it'd be basically he's been on the similar journey or along my journey since 2009. Mm. Uh, and that's been an evolving road as well. And our relationships evolved, but my work with him has changed my life. 
you know? And I think a lot about this. Why, why do I have this guy who I go and talk to? Right. And I pay to talk to this guy. Yeah. Uh, and part of me is like, that's kind of weird, right? Like it's kind of, but it's, it's so powerful. And I can see that there's these gaps in our community where I don't, I can't easily get that. And, and like you said, there's a resonance for me. I resonate with Cole's energy. He's got a strong, really grounded energy. And so when I get on the call or when I see him face to face, it's like, just like that it's just like it's it's the opposite of he teaches me through that energy through bringing things down and being real and seeing through bullshit and um yeah so he's the big one and then i have a lot of this is something i want to talk about as well these concept of heroes and i have a lot of heroes who i may not have met and what i do with a hero is i go you know how how would they have approached this situation? What would they do? And I look at this hero, someone who I see has probably walked the walk and talked the talk and done, stepped into their own personal power and, and created great change and lived the life that they want. And I'll say, what would, what would they do in this situation? They're not here and I've never met them, never spoken to this person, but what, what would they, how would they frame this up? And I think heroes can be really powerful in a different way that requires a lot of empathy and a lot of reflection, but it's a little bit different, right? There's not that exchange. Mm. Um, and then a lot of other mentors, you know, um, uh, family friends in the States who uh, I think of one couple, Lynn and George, who I've known since I was born. George has passed now, but he was a, a huge mentor for me, always older. He was well, not always, but a lot of times he was, um, he was my parents' mentor, you know, he taught me the ability to that when you have a, something pop up, that's, that's hard and you're stuck, stop and figure out a solution and then build it yourself. You know, it was like, you don't need to go to Kmart to buy the thing. You don't need to go look on Google, whatever, figure it out, you know? And he was this amazing dude. He was, as far as I know, didn't go to uni, but naval architect, surfboard shaper, designer, like designed amusement park rides, was just a genius, you know? And it was a similar kind of thing that we talk about with Jules. That sounds super interesting. Um, one thing that really stood out about what you're talking about was how, like, with coal it has changed your life yeah yeah for sure um yeah and i can definitely i understand i got from me four years ago i feel like i'm a different person um now for you again what i'm interested in you see you, you the way you describe coal's energy sounds like you to me like that's <laughs> how i would describe your energy like yeah you're, you're very um you listen really well and you're just cool, calm, and collected. You're like you're just totally chilled. It's sort of like you're just meditating at all times. <laughs> that's how I view, that's how I see you. I like it. I think it's really good. Were you always like that? Well, then, okay. So you used to do triathlons, right? Mm -hmm. You used to do. You used to. You did some high intensity training and things that you don't do so much of right now, right? Or any of maybe. Were you a different person when you did that compared to now? 
there's a couple of questions there. I think, I think one that stands out is, you know, does this physical stuff that we engage in, is there kind of a mirror or reflection with kind of how we show up in the world? Would that be one of them? Yeah, definitely. Talk more about that. Well, this is, yeah, this is really interesting because I think, I think, I think the answer to me is yes. I think that we step into transformation in a number of different ways. One of them being physical, right? If, you know, one thing that I'm really interested in, this isn't, of course, isn't my main work or anything like this, but one thing that I'm really interested, I think that there's going to really be some, some eyes on this subject is this concept of, uh, when we spoke about energy before it's, it's the masculine and the feminine energy. So this concept of polarity between a guy and a girl and effectively polarity is what gives the relationship charge, right? It's like, Whoa, like you see the woman, you're like, yeah. Right. Whereas hmm. when there's no polarity, it's like two friends that have lived together for a long time. And in a world where everyone is able to be so productive and powerful, uh, it's, it's, it's become a little bit tricky, right? For a lot of people and a lot of relationships, this is a big thing. And in this, in this area, if you want to em- embody the masculine energy or if the woman wants to embody more feminine essence, you literally start practicing the things to embody it. Like you literally do the things with your physical body and you stop doing the things that depolarize. And so to me, I think that's just one example of it's like, if you want to be, if you want to move in a certain direction, you might start to do the things that would be associated with that. Could you do high intensity training and, and do triathlon and all of these things and, and, change your energy at a deeper level of course i think that's possible too you know i I don't think it's a uh, one or the other but i think there's a link that makes complete sense um maybe there's a link also depending on who you are and then what you're doing so if you're if you wanted to be more chilled out um working 14 hour days and then going to the gym and busting out as hard as possible for like sets of everything for an hour that's probably not going to do that. You have to add some other training in to counter, to counter so, the way you're feeling all the time. Yeah. It's a really interesting conversation that I think can go, it can go, we could go for hours. Um, the other question was, was I always, and I think I've, I asked, mm. it's interesting because I asked when I first met Cole, 2009 i had a running store i was doing all the triathlon right and i came in and i was like dude what do you even do he he would come to the store with his clients and do muscle testing and kind of energy like and i would i would bring out the running shoes i was just the shoe guy and cole would kind of assess them right and and together we would find out the shoe that they would buy and anyway I go down to his place once and I swapped him some shoes for his service. I was like, show me what you do. I'm interested. And he lies me down and he's, you know, asking all of these questions. And instantly he picks up things around my childhood, like that, not bad things or anything, but 
where I lived and moved around and all of this stuff. So I go, uh, how do you, I was kind of blown away. Right. And I'm like, how do you, how do you know this? Like, why, why do people tell you stuff? What's this, what is this that I'm sensing? And he said that when he was young, the adults would come to him and they'd start to just talk to him about things and they'd start to express things about their life. And he never knew why. And it was from a young age. And so I think, you know, when I was little, there were times where I would be by myself a lot on a boat by myself a lot or with older people a lot without, I guess, a lot of, um, there's a lot of different energy there, you know? And so I think there's something there from when you were younger, but even now I think the meditation, the other practices are powerful. They're, 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 they help to shift things. Right. So, you know, I think, yeah, I think, I think there's a little bit of both perhaps. I'm not too sure though. Yeah. Fair enough. Sounds good. All right. Well, actually, I'd like to ask you one more question then. Um, how would you describe a mentor? What is a mentor? Mm. To me, I think you have, well, we have a mentor or a coach. Sure. I think, I think to me, a mentor, and I might be wrong on this. This is, this is how I kind of see it. The coach will often have this posture of inquiry and the questioning, the, the, the ability to listen and ask questions which can perhaps help you to see something within yourself that may not have come from the coach, right? So like a hard question or something which you then think about, there might be some silence, some space in there. And I see the, the coaching is a little bit more inquisitive, a little bit more um, question dominant, right? Or, or question biased. The mentoring I see is a little perhaps more model driven. So there'll still be the posture of inquiry. But to me, it's like, I've been here before. So let's go through this together. And I'm going to ask you questions, but the coach may not have been through that exact thing but they might have an ability to listen or pick up questions that could be helpful regardless. To me, the mentoring is a little bit more like I've done this or I've been in a similar place. Let's go together and here's some questions, possibly a framework or two, but um, here's, a, here's a bit of a guiding hand on this direction as well based off of what I've learned. And I think, of course, the line between them blurs. But to me, the mentor is someone who can take me somewhere that I may not go myself, can help me bring out the best in myself. But may, there may be a bit of guidance in there too, you know. And I think actually when I think about Cole, I think he's probably a little more of a coach. He's been here before as well, but a lot of the work will be will be questions, you know, and then no answer. And I'll kind of sit there and sometimes get so pissed off, I'll call it quits for a while, right? And have to come back. I don't know. How does that resonate for you? I think it's really good. 
um, really good expressions on, on what it is. Uh, I agree. I think it's tricky to explain it in some ways. I don't think I answered it very well at the start. But I actually do have it. To me, I was thinking about it this morning, um, just in preparation. And I had a visual rep representation of like what a mentor is to me. And because um, like I really care about like the information transfer. Yeah. Um, like, can you have you ever seen the album cover for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon? So I want to say yes, but I could just yeah. be because I feel um, culturally, you know, stupid. Yeah. Say yes, for sure. Yeah. But you should Google it anyway. So it's there's a prism. On, yeah, yeah. on the and there's a beam of light that hits the prism and then it turns into like a rainbow on the other side so the light has changed um i i think i see a mentor or a coach which are similar in my mind but i can see the differences that you explained is is like the rainbow they've learned from so many different things before you and then they've given you that one light so like it's sort of like the opposite. Maybe it starts off with the light and turns into the rainbow, but I think they've got like all this different information. They've transposed it into this and they've given you what's going to help you the most. Um, and then in turn, you can be another prism and do that for other people and it can just be ongoing forever. Um, which is, I guess it does explain coaching to me too. Like if you're going to coach someone through a movement like the snatch, it's best not to give them eight different cues or eight different things to think about. It's best to give them one and maybe think of their most important thing to tell that person and get them to change. Mm. And if it, if it doesn't make the change, try another. Mm. Yeah. So one question that I've got is, mm. um, well, well, real quickly on that, I think what yes. it's sounding like, and what's what I kind of what comes to mind for me with this stuff is that if you're if and when you do want to go find a mentor, find somebody to work with, mm. there's a lot of people who are smarter than Cole, right? There's mm. a lot of people who have more credentials than Cole, than my dad, than George Olson, than all of these people who I've looked up to over the year uh over the years but to me what i think we're touching on is that i think it's really important that you have some sort of you're moved by them in some way that might not be tangible or um describable through words but there's some resonance where you have an inner knowing or an inner feeling that what this person where, where you might go with this person and it may just be a limited time. It may be a day, right? It may be a couple of hours or whatever, or a couple of years or decades is interesting. And, it, and it's on your journey. It's on your path. There's something there where, and on the same side, if it's not, I think that's really powerful too, because I think especially in today's world where we've lost community, right? Back in the day, we would have just had our elders and we would have had this way of, mentoring probably was kind of built in in certain ways that now in a big sense of the word it's kind of not we're quite isolated so we now have all of these the people who have popped up there's mentors everywhere which is really cool right but the thing is like you could just click two buttons and be done and have a mentor 
but I think what we're touching on is it, I think it's worth this upfront effort. And I know like if you go and train at charge, if I want to train, there's a, there's just the very first thing is you're asking me questions on your website. There's like, I don't know, 15, 20 little, a little bit of a form. You get some insights from me. Then I come in and there's three sessions I do. Is it one-to-one? Yes. One-to-one. Yeah. Three sessions, one-to-one. So there's, there's three hours plus I'm in the space. You've done some questioning. There's an exchange. There's an inner knowing if it's a fit. And I would venture to say that your life cycle of your clients probably pretty good because of it, because you know that upfront friction, this is what I'm getting at. I think is this concept of friction, like spend the time to go and meet the person that with them, if it's whatever on the internet or whatever, like there's got to be that call that time where you get off of it and you're like, yeah, this is the person for me. I've talked to lots of others or I've checked out other places, but there's something, I don't know what it is that this person has. That's a good energy for me. It's a good fit. Does that resonate with you? It does. It makes it might be sense. helpful for people listening because you can't, it's not tangible. Yeah. Yeah. True. Tricky subject. But like you mentioned about the retention of the clients, um, ever since we did do, like we used to do group introductions, um, group sessions, um, and a lot of people do. I'm sure they can be successful too, but it's just, it's just different. You can't really know someone if they just go straight into a group. It's harder to know them. It's harder to know what they they need, and especially if they haven't been taught how to how to do the movements that we do, or just assess what they're doing, how they're feeling. Um, it just it's way more successful one on one. Yeah, I did a, a podcast about that idea of friction a few weeks ago. And I think, I think that's a great example of you're a business owner. I know we're going on a tangent here, but you've got this option. Option A is do one, do one to one for three sessions, Mm. pay the one coach, the high quality coach to take this person through and see if it's a good fit. Option B is to scale it. You know, everyone wants to scale things and make it lean Mm. or outsource it or whatever. Uh, And yeah, it, maybe a little bit quicker, but I think it's like dating, right? That upfront friction allows you to see if there's a nice resonance, there's a nice exchange, a good fit. And then when you go into that relationship, you're, it's a different thing. It's a completely different, you've had a different beginning, you know? Yes. So my question for you Mm -hmm. is a lot of people look up to you in, I kind of refer to you sometimes as the silent assassin, <laughs> right? Because you and Renee are down there dominating and doing really well in your business. Um, you guys just crush it. There's a great energy when you come into the space and a lot of people, I guess, get caught up in a lot of the hype around running a business or trying lots of different things and different tactics. And you guys are just, charging along, you know, kind of excuse the pun and, and doing what works well. And my question is, you've had mentors and this is what we've been talking about. Why do you think that there's resistance and it could just be because we don't know about it, but you know, I've made a conscious effort in, in the APA to try to have this be something that we talk about. 
you know, we're in this thing together. You and I are talking about having a coach or a mentor. And when I started the podcast, one of the big intentions was I want to talk about my work with Cole. I want to talk about this concept because I think a lot of people feel alone and there's resistance to talking about this stuff. Why do you think that there's a resistance to reaching out to somebody if that's in a paid exchange as a mentor? Great. I mean, people are spending hundreds, thousands of dollars going out drinking or whatever. Like it's not a money question, but what, where's the resistance lie? Do you think, why is this something that you want to talk about and nobody and not nobody else, but why is that a rare thing? Um, the thing that comes to mind for me is I think there's a bit of vulnerability like related to this. Um, you might need to admit that you need help or that you don't know everything or that you've let yourself get unfit. Um, you know, haven't been looking after yourself and maybe you feel that you should have known that and should have been better. And it's hard to admit that um, you didn't work that out yourself. So I, I think there's that, that's a big point of friction, I think. And, and I think it, it was in, in me as well. That's, um, that's where I'm drawing this inspiration from. But I do, um, most people I talk to, they're just super high achievers. They expect that they should just be able to do everything at the drop of a hat and there shouldn't really be effort because they've sort of forgotten about the effort that they put into what they're doing now for like their job. You know, that was years ago. Now they're just killing it. They're very efficient with what they do. They go to work, they get it done at 100% and they finish. But they forgot that there was a lot of hard work at the start. There's a lot of persistence. There's a lot of challenge. And um, I think we can forget that as adults. That if you want to grow, keep on growing. And you haven't finished your growing as, an, as a person in this, as a human in this world. You've got to keep searching that out and be okay with it. Let it be a normal thing. Does that answer your question? I think so. <laughs> it, it's kind of like it's kind of like we're too proud. Yeah, like we, I think I think that can be it. Yeah, but it, but ego, right? Like, well, I'm I'm crushing it, or I used to crush it, and I've got this tension or friction, and I might not even see the possibility that I could go and talk to somebody or enroll someone or or look for look, even just reach out to a friend for help, even you know. Yes. Um, one thing that I've noticed with you is you will talk about how, and I'm just going to use the, the fitness stuff for a second, yeah. but you talk about say CrossFit and how you do continuing education and a big part of that. I know that it's really valued for you and your staff. I, you know, I know you guys have all done a lot of work and I also know that you go back through the basics, well, not the basics, but the basics in inverted commas. Yeah. CrossFit level one, CrossFit level two, like the things that most people go, that's the, the beginner one. Like I did that years ago and I got all that, right? But I want to talk about this concept of coming back to the thing a second time, third time, 50th time to something that you, somewhere you've been before and learning more at a different level, a different layer of awareness that 
I sense that you're talking about. Does that resonate? Definitely. Yeah. It's, um, one habit that I've been like fighting tooth and nail to maintain is a daily study regime where like at least 30 minutes, but really an hour is what I aim for. I just study like specific topics until I've exhausted um, what I want to learn about it or I'll read a a book and like take notes, not just read it just for enjoyment, (laughs) Um, take notes and really think about what I could pass on like to my staff or people or just even just my own enjoyment about learning, which I really do like to do. Um, When I reread things, God, it always just, I'm not even like confused by it anymore, which you shouldn't be, but God, once you've learned more, then you can learn more. I don't know. There's, there's a better way to say it. I'm sure. But like the level one CrossFit manual, which I did the course ah, 10 years ago, something like that. Mm. I learned so much um, this third time through reading that through again and taking notes. Like it was crazy. Like I can coach people in CrossFit. I can confidently say that, but I can definitely confidently say I don't know everything. And they also update the information on the course guide, which is really good. But there's just kernels of information. There's just so many points that you can just not fully understand when you're not ready for it. And I always pick up on something different. And it's, um, yeah, it blows my mind, but I just love it so much. And um, it's just so layered. And um, I find that with anything. Um, yeah, sometimes things are really worth that second read through and you'll just see what you just didn't quite pick up on. It wasn't apparent. Mm. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, um, it's sort of perception, you know, it's like, it's like you could be in relationship with somebody and, and I, I've been here before lots of times in relationships, one, just one little element to one little segment. Right. But where you're in relationship and you just, you got that voice in your head, right? Ah, oh, they did this and this, and this isn't working and there's all this friction and your whole perception is a certain way. And you're picking up a certain, a certain thing from that, a certain, what, what feels like learning, or you have a certain um, opinion or a little set of knowledge around what's going on with this person or the situation. And maybe you get some coaching, maybe you get some, some mentoring, maybe you talk to someone, I might talk to Cole and he might ask, what would it look like if you, everything you just told me, I hear that. What would it look like if you tried this anyway? And you just ignored that voice in your head for a second, you tried this anyway. And you go back around to this really basic situation, the thing, you know, whatever it is that you're working on, this basic this basic interaction with the person and you try something different that the coach tells you or the mentor tells you as an experiment and you've come back around, right? They're the same thing. It's like a new revisit to the same uh, place in completely different reality, right? A completely different set of learning, a completely different way of being all of a sudden just emerges its way through and the penny drops again in a different way. And, um, you know, I guess at a simple level, it can happen just sitting there on like a meditation cushion, a different insight comes going back to the same place for the millionth time. But yeah, I get a hundred percent what you said, what you're putting down. I think that's, 
that's massive. And sometimes I wonder how complex do you really even need to go because there's such rich learnings in the, you know, the whole chop wood, carry water. It's like, sometimes it's like, well, we can keep it really simple because there's more to learn here. Mm-hmm. There's more in the yeah, basics. Often the same. Yeah. The, like the basics, like you said, like with inverted commas, um, yeah, the fundamentals are so much more than basic. It's not like, yeah, you can keep on building off them all the time. And, and like you'll read about it a lot. People get to a point and they plateau. Then like, oh, I've got to go back to that thing that I skipped. Like that fundamental that I just brushed through because I thought I was already, I was stronger than that or I knew more than that. I thought that was boring at the time, but I guess you just have to have the right perspective to do it the right way as well. And it's part of life and part of learning. One question I've got is when, when I've spoken to Cole about this Mm. and Cole has grown over the last decade also. And sometimes we kind of look at the mentor and we, we have this agreement or this way of getting insights from them and, it it kind of it kind of feels like they're just so far ahead, or they or they might just see things and that maybe they're on a different thing, right? But what it occurs to me is that you know, Jules, I'm sure has grown. You've grown as you've mentored people and coached people. Um, so my question is, you know, this there's this way of experiential learning. It's called learning by observation and pitching in, and it existed separate to the school system so the school systems like assembly line learning like back to back lesson by lesson and then we go out into the real world and we try to implement it learning by observation and pitching in is like we all get together and we you might know how to do the thing but we all kind of work together and as soon as possible i start to pitch into the group and i start to teach and show other people and you might nod your head when i get it right or kind of put your hand up when i'm off track there's not a lot of talking and there's a lot of, a lot of teaching from all members of the group. But my question is, um, firstly, how powerful is it for your growth to be teaching, to be mentoring others? And how do you bring that into your tribe? Like, if it's so powerful, when should other people start to teach? You know, how do you, how do you frame that up for people? Like in your, in your world, you know, how do you, do you encourage that? Or do you have a certain viewpoint on when others should step up to teach other people a skill or, you know, something like that? Yeah, that's, um, it's a deep question. Um, first of all, I think that me teaching people, um, is so important for my own growth. It teaches, it always teaches me more about myself. Um, and I'm just, I'm super inquisitive. I, I really love learning about people, seeing how they tick and seeing what works. Um, so when I get mentored, I definitely pick up on things that I'll be able to help other people with. But then the other process is, yes, whenever I'm mentoring other people, coaching them, training them, whatever it is, I'm, I'm learning so much more just by, by the doing of it, yes. Um, now, so with other people doing that, I would encourage 
anyone to teach people. Um, but I think you, should, you do have to draw the line. You have to teach what you know. Like, I'm not saying you can't make mistakes and you can't try things. It's all good. Um, I started off being a, a personal trainer. Essentially, I was in my um, second bedroom teaching my um, brother-in-law and my friends how to bench press. Did I teach them the right way all the time? Probably not. Um, but I, I kept on learning. I kept on learning from my, my mistakes. But it's, it's just so important to just, okay, with movement or whatever else, teach what you know. If you don't know it, find someone to help teach you, then you'll be able to teach that. Mm. Um, because the trickiest thing is that no one's the same. It doesn't mean like there's not methods that won't work for a, like a large population. But one thing that helps you doesn't mean it'll help anyone else. Or like it'll only help 5% of those people that you coach. Like you have to realize that you're on different levels and you need different things. And I think that's the, um, look, that's a nuance that I really learned from Jules. And you've got to know where you're at. You've got to know where other people are at and what they're ready for. And then that will be the most effective thing to give them. Mm. That really resonates. I think, um, you know, as soon as, if you teach me a movement and then I partner up with someone in the class, whatever it is, and we, we work together, but I'm clear on what to look for. Then all of a sudden I work with someone and in a sense, I'm kind of teaching them. I'm helping them to cue, or I might be looking to see if they're doing it in the way that you showed me. Uh, it makes total sense, right? It's just going to help to reinforce the pattern. I'm going to learn double speed. One of the things that I see a lot of is people, and I get this, right? And I'm going to go back to this fitness industry um, just as an example because we're both familiar. But the trainer goes through the whatever the certifications or whatever their way of learning has been. And they have this inner knowing that they have the ability to teach somebody something. And they might be able to even do some of the like more complex movements, but there can be this huge block where they won't share. And I think what we have is, and I get that there's a limit, but I also see that there's a lot of people walking down the street who do not get enough movement in their life, enough exercise, and they could use some help. And here's someone who, relative to like world-class standards may need a lot of work still. They may need a lot of their own growth, but they have the tools to help this other person on their journey. Who's just getting started, who might want some motivation with some walking or, you know what I mean? And I think there's this massive resistance to not just teaching, but sharing. Uh, I talk about this a lot, writing a blog, doing podcasts, like sharing your thoughts on something. And I think it might be linking back to that vulnerability you talked about earlier. It's like we feel too much pride to go get help in a coach or a mentor to seek advice, say we don't know, but then also too much pride on the flip side to say to someone, Hey, this has worked for me. Do you want to explore this together? Or here's something that I've learned. Here you go, everyone. See what you think about that. Because then we get shown up as someone who may be wrong as well. 
Does that resonate with you? Like, did you ever have resistance at the beginning of straight up going, look, I'm going to start to teach people this exercise or, you know, whatever you were calling it back then. I'm going to start to do this stuff with others, you know? Yeah. Well, I reckon oh, everything you said makes complete sense. And a lot of people are feeling that. And um, yeah, you got to be careful what you say to people because it might be wrong. And so it makes people afraid to share. But I, the thing that, look, so I agree with what you're saying, but what comes to me more is that sometimes I've been just trying to learn to bite my tongue more often than not. Because I'm, um, I can just get super passionate about something and I love teaching people things. I'd love to help every single person in this world and I wouldn't even be afraid to go out to a complete stranger and try and help me something. But what I've been trying to do is actually learn when they're ready. You know, like, okay, uh, it could be at a family um, dinner, a family function, and someone's talking about the way they want to eat. They want to start a new diet. They want to do this and that. Um, and I just, I just don't always give them advice unless they actually ask me because I don't know if they're asking me or they're just trying to talk to me. Yeah. But, you know, like, I know you're not saying that, but that's where my mind goes with more. I'm like, unsolicited advice. Know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I could easily give you so much unsolicited advice, but yeah. you're not ready to hear it, and, and unless you are, and um, yeah. if you just want to talk about, it, I'll I'll listen to you. <laughs> yeah, does that make sense to you? Totally. I think it yeah. might be the 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 you know perhaps a, a sharing versus like uh, creating and sharing or expressing a point of view, say to those who want to receive it. Versus like, uh, yeah, for sure. Like the get on, like, and just hassle people to go vegan or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I get that hundred percent. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I think, um, I mean, is there anything else that pops into your mind in terms of this idea, this mentoring? Um, no, I think we've discussed a lot of it. Yeah. It's been good. Mm. What, uh, I guess, I guess to really round it out, like, you know, a lot of people aren't aware that it exists. They, I wasn't. The, the work that I did with Cole was completely by chance that I met him. And uh, it kind of fell into place a little bit, but it was lucky. It, e it easily would have not happened. Of course, you're always going to learn from other people, right? If you're seeking that out. But in terms of the fact that I could do this engagement, you know, this, this uh, paid thing. But my question, I suppose, is like, what would you say to people who are listening and they're like, they're either like, what are these guys even talking about? I don't need that. Haven't heard of that. Didn't know that existed. Or I guess what's a starting point for someone? When might they look for this in a more formal setting to you? Okay. I think that you have to, have a think about it. Do you want to learn more? Do you think you can achieve more? 
Um, secondly, I think you could also look into, am I already in like a mentor type situation, but I haven't really been taking advantage of it to its full effects. Like maybe you want to learn more and you already know people, you're already being coached by someone. Um, just, but in different things, maybe you could ask them better questions and see if they can help you on a deeper level. Cause maybe they're not sharing everything because they don't know you want to learn that. So that's a little bit offside from what you were saying, but I think just be open to learn more and I think you can go wrong. If it's not the right person, you find a different person. Mm. Kind of like, um, start by consciously learning. Yes. Put some effort into the learning. And then if you are finding that you're wanting to go deeper and there's someone who specifically might serve that, then seek them out maybe as well. Definitely. Yeah. Squeeze as much out of the lemon as you can and see, see where you go. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I do, I got, I put some questions out to people to see if they had any questions for you. Oh yeah. And so I'd be, I'd be amiss if I didn't include this in the call in the podcast real quick. One guy, his name's Chris Baker. I'm assuming. I know Chris Baker. Yeah. Oh, cool. So Chris <laughs> asks, um, Chris asks that he wants to get, and I'll throw this over to you. Uh, he wants to get, uh, didn't pop it back up. I'll have to pull it from memory. So Chris asked, can I get strength gains, gymnastic gains and, um, cardiovascular improvements all at the same time? Um, can I level up in well, everything all at once? Yeah. Well, one thing that's not always apparent is that a lot of the times gymnastics is strength and I'm guessing he's, he's talking about weightlifting gymnastics then um, cardio. Um, I do believe you can, but the, the trick is, is you have to have patience and you have to have, be on the right program. Um, like, you know, there's other ways of thinking of this is where you can just give up on doing any cardio and then just do like a really strength centric program, like a biased program. And keep on working on that but then you've got to actually pull back that cardio and the cardio can also help you get strength um increase your strength because you can increase your work output during the sessions that you're doing um if the goal is fitness like actual fitness like a balance of all these things i've seen that it's probably best to um to work on them all together but also have a have a program to work on your exact weaknesses just like in a really time efficient way, the thing that you find the hardest and that maybe that part of the exercise, like get someone to help you with that. If you work on that, then have a broader program along with that. I've just seen the best gains in people's fitness and, and just like achieving goals, work on your weaknesses and then can let everything else uh, maintain. Yeah. It's uh it kind of, kind of roundabout sort of way comes back to perhaps even what we've been talking about. I mean, you've got, the role of somebody to help you to see those weaknesses and how best to hit them. Cause sometimes the weakness is the thing that we avoid because we're so good at the strength. So we yeah. lean towards one and perhaps the mentor or someone at least to get the snapshot of, you know, say it's cardio. Well, is it, you know, I'm good at like the hundred meter rows. Okay, cool. Really for you, it's like some base work or whatever. What does that look like? You know, um, 
And that could come from someone else. Definitely. Well, one other thing to add to that. This is, everyone looks at training. I, I feel that a lot of people look at training from a very logical way. If you need to get, if you want to get better at the snatch, you got to snatch every day. That's what you got to do. Where I, I believe that you can do that and it can be very successful, but you leave other things behind because you've just biased everything for that one goal. Where there's parts, there's elements of every exercise that like every valuable exercise that can help other exercises. So I've seen and experienced it in myself that working on gymnastics has actually helped my weightlifting. Mm. Like I, I think it's a really good way and efficient way to build very strong and stable shoulders is to do certain gymnastics movements. I, I don't know of better ways in, in depending on what you're actually talking about. When you go back to the barbell and you have that over your head, it's very helpful. Mm. That's not I always that. Yeah. 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 So I remember my yeah, snatch you, going up from doing sun when I started doing handstands, but lockout and the snatch just went through the roof. Yeah, exactly. So you're working overhead in a different way. You're actually adding variety into what you do, which is I've seen to be super important um, to all training. And look, that's pretty much one of the covenants in CrossFit, constantly varied. And, um, and the reason is because you hit the minimum effective dose, you have a little bit of patience, have a little bit of trust, things go up. Yeah. But you don't get the repetition that maybe satisfies your mind. If you've got anxiety about it or like uh, I've heard someone else does this 10 times a day and it worked for them, but like what's their life, what's their experience and why are they doing it? Um, and then what's the outcome too? You only hear about the positives a lot of the time. You don't hear about possible breakdowns or anything. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think the FOMO yeah. is the biggest thing there for sure. Yeah. FOMO I got me it. for years. Me too. <laughs> still it is probably, it. right? I still feel it. That's yeah. the thing. But um, yeah. So I think we'll round it out there. So to recap, yep. basically, basically we've been s talking about mentors. Everyone really can benefit from, from coaching or mentoring, whether that's a – this is, I mean, I'm, I'm rounding out the conversation here, but this is coming. Mm. I might just be projecting this from my own side. Um, whether that's in a, in a formal engagement or whether it's an intentional, a formal paid engagement or it's an intentional practice within a non-formal engagement. So like my dad, I'm not paying him. Uh, I work with him with a non-formal well, it's kind of a formal engagement, but the, the, for me, the intent is very much behind the practice of learning what it is and the way of his posture that he uses when he does the work. Um, and then the other thing we talked about was to make sure that there's nice resonance or energy between yourself and the person that you're looking to get mentored by. And I've had this before where... I've looked to get mentoring and for one reason or another, there hasn't been a nice resonance and a nice energy. And it's been the deciding factor to not go with that person. And I think that's been the right call uh, in those, in those times as well. And then finally we touched on if you're, as soon as you're being taught, you're be, you're practicing the skill, whatever that is, relational, physical, whatever, 
practice the teaching as well if you can to someone to figure out how to see what it is within the realms of what you're able to teach and what you have experienced. Is there anything else that you'd like to add in that we missed out or that I screwed up there in that last little bit, Ash? No, it's perfect. That's good. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, when I spoke about the, that concept of heroes, I put you in one of those baskets too. I often think to myself when I've got a perplexing problem and, you know, I think down to some of the conversations we've had and I go, you know, how would Ash frame this? What would he look at it? And it sometimes, a lot of the times brings me a lot of clarity and, and brings me down to the simplest solution, which, um, which pulls me through. So I thought I'd just throw that in there as well. Oh, thanks, John. That's really nice. I know it's not a formal engagement, but I do <laughs> bring you to the mind's eye quite often. You can call me too if you like. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's powerful. It's powerful to have the heroes. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. I've got a few of them, not too many, but a few. And I think it's um, authors, people, you know, I think it's helpful. Oh, completely. I'd like to throw out there too is that, Every time we ever talk, we ever get to meet up, I love it. Like I love your, your vibe, your energy. I get so much from it and um, you know so much. You've got so, so much deep knowledge and I like to try and get as much of that as I can every time I see you. Thank oh, you for that. I feel like I know, I feel like I'm knowing less and less, to be honest. So the blind leading the blind a little bit. Nah, no plenty, man. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, that's it for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we'll get you on again soon, Ash. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, John. Cool. Catch you, brother. I think it was just really cool to be around other people who were doing some cool shit and to know that um, a lot of the things that we might see as obstacles or a lot of the things that I'm scared of, other people are also scared of. Um, but knowing that it's okay to kind of push through that and seeing a little bit of the results of other people pushing through that and where they are. Um, and really cool to see what comes up when you really push yourself to just like put ideas out there without judging them and to get feedback from other people who aren't necessarily in your space and to have that sort of time and energy to get perspective outside of your normal circle of friends and the people that you spend time with just to be like to see things from different angles and to be like yeah you can actually do this and to know that you can take action i think that was really cool access potential academy is a peer-to-peer program runs for six months of purpose and passion fueled business owners who are looking to level up and do really cool things Next round starts off in 2020. If you're interested in finding out more, hit me up at john at johntmarsh.com and I'll send you along an info pack.